Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We're going to be continuing in Acts chapter 4 today, and we've been in this chapter. This will be our fourth, I believe, Bible study in the fourth chapter, and looking forward to what God has for us today. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you face, but I know this God has something for you. And every time you open up the Bible, God wants to speak to your heart. And when you open the Bible, you open up God's mind. You open up God's heart. You open up God's mouth to you, and we can hear what God has to say. When you read this book, you're not reading just a book. You're reading the Word of God. It's not just dead letter on uh, pieces of paper. No, this is the living, breathing, powerful, perfect, pure, I mean, preserved Word of God, and thank God for our Bible. We're blessed today, by the way. If you have a copy of God's Word, you're a blessed individual. It's hard to believe because we have so much access to Bibles in America that there are people around this world that don't have a Bible. They might not even have a page of Bible, let alone a complete one. They don't have a New Testament, and maybe some who've never even heard the gospel. And I tell you what, you ought to never take it for granted that you've heard the gospel, that you have a copy of the Word of God, and that God's been good in your life. And God's been good to me. I thank God for my Bible. Blessed is the man, right? The Bible talks about in Psalm 1, said, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's no book like the Bible. Now, we've been in Acts for several weeks. We'll continue in this book until we finish it, so we'll be here for a while. If you have missed any of these Bible studies, all of those are found on the podcast. Our podcast is called Striving for Revival, just like the radio broadcast, but it's found wherever broad, uh, podcasts can be downloaded. It's free to subscribe. If you'll just go there and uh, type us in and hit subscribe, you'll have instant access all uh, to these Bible studies that we've done, and there's hundreds of them there. That's there for you to use and utilize as a study tool and an aid as you try to uh, read your Bible and study along. And I know sometimes when you're in the car, whatever you got going on, you can't really study when I'm on the broadcast. It's just difficult. So maybe you can get the podcast and listen to it at a time where you can get out your Bible and a pen and, and you can listen and then rewind and pause and take some notes and whatever you need to do. Now, in Acts chapter 4, we've joined Peter and John as they are prisoners. They've been arrested because of the miracle of the lame man. Now, the Bible began in chapter 3 with that story. Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. They come to the gate that's called the beautiful gate. A lame man has been laid there. Peter and John stop and take attention, take notice of this man. Peter said, I don't have money to give you, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, if you have faith in Christ, you can rise up and walk. And that man put his faith in Christ. Peter grabs him by the arm, lifts him up, and he stands strong. He can leap. His legs are healed, and that man, as though he's never been lame, begins to praise and worship God. Causes quite a stir in the temple. People knew who that man was. They'd seen him in his condition prior to Peter and John passing by. They knew that was that man who had been lame for so long, and began to wonder about it. 
Peter didn't waste the opportunity. Since the crowd gathered to inspect the lame man, he preached the gospel to them. He declared that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. He also declared that Christ was crucified, buried, and rose again, and laid to the crucifixion of Christ on the Jews and said, it's your fault. You did it. You killed him, and you ought to repent. And the Bible tells us that many believed and were saved, so the number of them were 5,000. Now, the Sanhedrin didn't like that. The Sadducees didn't like that. The temple uh, 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 ruler didn't like that. The priest didn't like that. And they lay their hands on Peter and John and toss them into prison. Peter and John are then brought out and stand before that ruling council and the high priest. All of them are assembled there. And Peter, again, filled with the Holy Ghost, does not waste the opportunity and preaches a stout, straight, scriptural sermon to the Sanhedrin. And he just lays it out there. The response is this. The Bible tell, told us in verse number 13, the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of Peter and John. These men weren't bashful. They weren't apologists. They weren't backing up. Uh, they weren't looking to pass out olive branches. They were uh, declaring the truth of God. And they saw their boldness. And they said, you know what? These men are unlearned and ignorant. And what they meant by that is they are not trained in the law. They have not sat in our schools. They haven't been uh, to our colleges. They haven't gone to our places of academia. These men should know Bible like they know Bible. But they said, we know they've been with Jesus. And what a great truth and statement that is. And we labored that on the last Bible study. If there's one thing that you ought to want said about your life, it ought to be very evident you've walked with God you've been in his presence, that you know the Lord. And we might not have the renown or the approval even of this world, but if this world could look on us, I don't care. If they say unlearned and ignorant, so be it, as long as they also can say, but it's very evident that they have been with Jesus. Now, verse 14 continues, and I want you to see what it says. The Sanhedrin is trying to find fault with Peter and John. The Sadducees are finding fault with Peter and John. The priests are wanting to find fault with Peter and John. But there's one thing you can't argue against. In verse 14, it says, And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So here's the here here's the thing. They could they could maybe fault Peter and John for being unlearned and ignorant, but they couldn't say anything about this lame man who'd been healed. And there was no denying it, there was no refuting it, there was no covering it up. It was blatant, it was obvious, it was out in the open for everyone to see that this man used to be broken and now he's whole. He was crippled and now he can stand. He was lame and now he's leaping. He was at the gate and now he's in the temple. He's praising God. He's a new man, a changed life. And the Bible said these men that wanted to find fault with Peter and John, and ultimately they will threaten them, these men who've cast him into prison, when they saw the lame man and the life changed in his life, they saw the fact that God had done such a work in him. The Bible said they could say nothing against it. They couldn't They couldn't talk it away. They, they couldn't semantic it away. They had to just own up to the fact that a miracle had been done in their presence. Now, I've said it before on the broadcast, but I'll say it again today. The best argument to a world that wants to deny the existence of God or the power of the gospel is a changed life. They can argue against our shortfalls 
They can argue against our, uh, our our deficiencies. They can argue against maybe our style. They might find some fault in our program, but there is not an argument that they can give against somebody's life who has been undeniably touched, changed, altered by the power of of the gospel. You let somebody's life who's been turned around get out there and and say, well, look what Jesus did for me. You let a drunkard who's now no longer a drunkard or a drug addict who no longer is on the drugs or or somebody who is a a criminal who's now an upright individual, somebody who is a liar who now tells the truth, somebody who is absolutely wicked who's now trying to live uh, like the Lord. You've let somebody's life like that, that testimony and that track record of a miracle's been done in my life. The world can't argue with that. That's why the bus ministry is so important. Miracles like that happen through the bus ministry. You workers go out to these homes and these kids that nobody else wants and nobody else cares for, maybe their own parents don't love, and yet the church loves on them. They come to church and they get saved, and for the first time there's a light in that dark house where they live. And maybe the whole family ends up getting saved. The world can't argue against that. You have somebody wander in here all tattooed up and wrecked by the world, looks rough, and the Christian folk try to stay away from them at first because they're scared to death. And then all of a sudden that person gets saved. Oh, they still look the same on the outside, but there's a new man living on the inside, and their life begins to change. Can I say the world can't argue about that? You fill up that choir with people who knows what they knew what they used to be, and such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. Uh, that kind of crowd that used to be out there, and now they're in the choir, not the mire. Oh, you take somebody like that out of the gutter, put them there on the platform. The world might argue with my style. They might argue with my delivery, but they can't argue with the change in the life of an individual. And I want to encourage you, be a soul winner. Soul winners get to see miracles all the time. You know, you when you hold your Bible in your hand, you're holding a miracle. But whenever you go and lead someone to Christ, when the Holy Spirit of God lets you be used to lead someone to Christ, and you hear them bow their head and call out to Christ to save them, you're witnessing a miracle. You're getting to see a birth. You're standing in the spiritual delivery room as a new soul is born into the family of God, and a new name is written down in glory. This crowd looked for a lot to complain about, and they had a lot of things they didn't like about Peter and John, but they couldn't argue with the life that was changed in this lame man. Well, that's all our time for today. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.